I'm going to the 23rd Psalm because that's where we've been for the last several weeks. And I am going to um, take you back there tonight. And I want us to uh, look and read it together. They're going to pull it up on the screen, the 23rd Psalm. We're going to read it through as we have the last few weeks. And I want to take you again on a journey with a, a shepherd uh, through the experiences of his life. And hopefully you'll leave here tonight with something you can hold dear and precious to your heart. Psalms chapter 23, I want you to read it with me. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, <clears throat> if you'll see me after church, I have some I can give out. But we also have it on the wall here. So uh, you have no excuse. But let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I want somebody echoed that word, but I want you to underline the word all. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Say it with me, all the days of my life. I think that's a triumphant message of the 23rd Psalm. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to turn to the fourth verse tonight for just a few moments, and I want you to look there with me, the portion of the psalm that we have most often uh, allocated to funerals and the passing of life as we know it, but it is much more than a funeral psalm. It is the halfway point of the psalm. And it is here that a strange but unique transition takes place in the conversation of the psalmist. Up until verse number 4, he refers to the shepherd in third person. He leads me. He takes me. He directs me. But when you come to the fourth verse of the 23rd Psalm, there is a transformation he now moves from not talking about him, but talking to him. Amen. And here in this particular portion of Scripture, there is revealed an intimacy of deepest affection. Henry Ward Beecher said that the 23rd Psalm was the nightingale of the psalm. The nightingale, as many of you probably know, is a songbird of the night. And it sings its sweetest songs when night is darkest. 
And so when we consider the 23rd Psalm, we realize that this is so about this portion of Scripture. It is the nightingale of the Psalms. It ministers to us in our darkest moments. David, in writing the 23rd Psalm, was actually writing about a journey, a journey of life and all of the places that life would take him. And now we come to that fourth verse and and the journey of life turns to a very dangerous place. It leads through places that are terrifying, places that would be easy for one to slip off the path or to get lost in the journey. The terrifying place of the, the psalmist as he remembers and he recalls his life, something about those moments become very tender to him. And, and that's why I believe he moves from talking about the shepherd to talking to him. He is not referring in third person now. It is personal pronouns. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Evidently, something had transpired in the psalmist's life that made him think of the Lord in these tender and delicate terms. He details for us the experiences of his journey And he does so with encouraging words. All of us, I believe in this building, desire to go higher in life. I believe everybody here wants better things and you want a better life. All of us tire of the lowlands of life. And we all at some point long for a deeper experience with God. Sometimes we call them mountaintop experiences. The trouble is that we have a faulty idea as to how that happens. How do we have these mountaintop experiences and how do we get to this higher ground? How do we get to a better place in life? How does God take us higher? How do we come to know Him better? How do we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord, we are certainly not airlifted to that kind of relationship. We are not boxed on an airplane and quickly moved there. The psalmist described the journey as a walk. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It is known and it is true that every mountain has its valleys. And the best way to get to the top and to get to the mountain is to go through the valley. The passage that he is referring to is about what one experiences on his way to the mountaintop. And as he moves to this higher life or this better life, he goes from the valley to the mountain. And it is the valley that causes concern to so many of us. He describes this journey as one passing through, and he calls it the valley of the shadow 
of death. Now, the verse is most often associated with literal death, but in reality, the translation of that phrase is different. Translated literally, it says that he passes through the valley of doom or the glen of gloom or a dense darkness. In reality, the psalmist was not talking merely about death. He was talking about any and every hard experience and terrifying thing that could happen to you and I in life. And it refers to all of the dark places in life through which we are compelled to pass on our journey. The darkness of deep troubles. Death is one of them surely, but so is disappointment. And so is loneliness. And so is hurt. Those are all dark places in life. And it is a place he describes as being where all you see, every image that you see is an image of death everywhere you look. It looks like I'm going to die here. It looks like I might die there. And so he describes it in those terms. It is the valley of the shadow of death. There is in reality a valley that runs from Jerusalem to the Dead Sea. And it is noted for its narrow passages and dangerous way. It is rough and it is extremely dangerous. It is a forbidding journey that no one desires to take. But the sheep are not afraid of the journey because of the presence of the shepherd. Amen. The experiences that David is talking about, these dark places, these difficult things, these hard times, these days that we go through where there's no light that comes to our life. He said these experiences are not meant to be disastrous to your life, but they are meant to take you to a higher place. It is important that I, it is important that you understand that God has a plan for us. God has a way for us and He has a path that all of us must walk down and every one of us have our own unique passage through life. And the only way you're going to get to the mountaintop experience is to go through some dark places. Amen. You're not going to get there any other way. Those experiences, though, are not to be the end. They are to be a passage. Everybody say a passage. They are the road to higher ground. It's tough, but it's needed. And panic and fear should not be our constant companions when we're going through dark places. Somebody here tonight is going through a dark place in your life. And if you're not careful, you can give in to darkness and you give in to the spirit of darkness. And the Lord sent this preacher tonight to tell somebody that it's just a passage. Amen. I, I say it's just a passage. And panic and fear do not have to be your companion when you're in that journey. All of the dangers, this is so important for you to remember, all of the dangers of this passage are known by the shepherd. 
The reason they're known by the shepherd is because he has already gone that way before. He has already traveled that road ahead. And so nothing takes him by surprise. Nothing that's happened to you has caught God off guard. Nothing that's going on in your life has made God say, Oops, I missed that one. I, I overlooked that one. I, I didn't think about that. Nothing that is happening, I don't care what it is, nothing is happening to us that has caught God by surprise. The reason is because our steps are ordered. That means they are planned. And to have a plan, you've got to go through the whole process. You don't just do it day by day. God is not a shoot from the hip kind of God like we are. We just get up in the morning and we live today. And then tomorrow, we just let tomorrow take care of ourselves. God has a plan every day, every every step of the way. God has everything planned and mapped out. And so nothing is happening in my life that he's not already aware of. And nothing is happening that he has not already gone through himself. Nothing. He knows all the adversities. He knows all the adverse conditions. He knows about the storms. He knows about the rock slides. He knows about the dangerous floods. He knows about the predators. He knows about the weather changes. He knows about all of those things because he has already been there. So nothing has caught him by surprise. Number two, he is fully prepared to safeguard his flock under any and every circumstance. There is a power in his presence. There is a power in his presence. No wonder the psalmist said, In his presence there is fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. We have no reason to fear when we stand in the presence of our Lord. There are many shades that pass over our life, many of them gloomy and dark. Thunder is there, and blackness is there, and enemies are there, and fear is there, and scare is there. Yet through it all, there is no fear, because above all of that, we hear the voice of faith that says, Thou art with me. Amen. Say it with me. Thou art with me. Sheep are a most defenseless animal on the face of the earth. They cannot stand against their foes. And they certainly need courage. And their courage comes, listen to me. Their courage comes not to fight the enemy, but to trust their shepherd. Amen. Their courage is found in the presence of their shepherd. Amen. Knowing that he's there, looking up ever so often and seeing. And when David was reminiscing over the passage of his life and he saw God's hand upon him at every turn, when Saul was against him, when he stood before Goliath, when he faced the lion and the bear, when he ran from his own son Absalom, when he hid away in a cave embarrassed and ashamed at the rebellion going on in his kingdom, when he looked back over all of that, 
He saw the hand of God and he saw the presence of God and the power of God in his life. And he had found in him an ability and and a strength and a courage and an enablement that had made him stand. Courage not to fight his enemy but to trust his Lord. Somebody needs to do that tonight. Courage in the presence of God to relax and enjoy the presence of God. Remember that it's just a shadow. Everybody say a shadow. He refers to it these experiences as a shadow. These experiences are not reality. They are shadows. The shadow of a dog can't bite you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, a shadow can't bite you. Amen. A shadow of a sword cannot kill you. A shadow cannot hurt you. And there is a bright side to it all because he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley, it was never intended that we should stay there. We only pass through it on our way to better days. Everybody say better days are coming. Brighter days are coming. You may be in darkness right now, but there's a sun that's still shining And he's taking you through something to get you to that brighter day. Somebody ought to clap their hands to the Lord right now and give him praise for that. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You need to expect to come out of it. Praise God. Quit giving in to all of the negative garbage that you hear around you and understand that the good Lord is with you. You're going to come out of it. Amen. I'm going to come through this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear. I shall not fear. I will not have that in my life. Why? Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Why is he comforted? Because he is, number one, not alone. Everybody say, I'm not alone. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not alone. You're not alone. Thou art with me. Not only that, he said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What strange comforts. What strange instruments of comfort. Thy rod and thy staff. The rod referred to a club. Most often... They tell me that a young man would go out and he would dig into the root system of a tree and he would cut off a gnarled part of that root and he would take it home and he would begin to whittle on it and cut it down to where it fit his hand and there would be a large root knot at the end of it and he used that as a club. He used that as a means of defending his flock. He used that as a way of protecting his own. It was a symbol of his defending power. The rod in reality was an extension of the right arm of the shepherd. And it was a symbol of his power. It represented his strength. It represented his authority. And it was that that was used to strike down every adversary and to ward off every threatening ill. 
the rod was for his foes. And the word of God is likened to that rod, that word that you hold in your hand tonight. That is the rod of God. That word is used to ward off your enemy. It is used to defend you against those things that are against you. And so he was comforted because he had something to defend him. When Jesus went into the wilderness and there stayed for 40 days and nights and fasting and prayer and when he had come out of that time, that's when the devil came and he began to propose these things. How did Jesus overcome him? He didn't fight with him with fists. He just took the word of God and he used the word of God against him. He said, is it not written? It is written. It is written. Let me tell you tonight, folks, you better never sell that word that you hold in your hand because this book is more valuable than any book in your library and it's more valuable than anything else that you own because that book will help defend you against every enemy that comes against you. Amen. God's word will defend you. He said, thy rod has comforted me. He saw that rod. He knew that rod wasn't for him. It was for his enemies. And God never gets the two mixed up. Praise God. And thy staff, they comfort me. The staff was known specifically to the shepherd. The staff was a crooked long pole that the shepherd used for many reasons. One of them was to number his sheep. Every evening when they would come in from the day of the being in the field, he would take that rod, that staff, and he would number them as they came through the sheepfold so that they knew. And if they were not of his fold, he would move them out of the way. God knows who belongs to him tonight. You and I might be confused, but God is not confused. I know there's a lot of people that say, oh, I'm a, I'm a child of God. God said, I don't know you. I, I don't know who you are. You're not a part of my flock. Why? Because they don't know him in that kind of relationship that the psalmist was talking about. But those that are his, he knows them and he numbers them. He counts them. He knows where we are. We're never lost to him. We're never missing to him. If we are, then he's going to come after us because he knows his sheep. And so he uses that to number his sheep. He uses that staff to restrain them from wandering away. When they begin to move out of the way or get too close to the edge, he would reach over and draw them back in. Is that not like the Spirit of God to reach out and begin to draw us when we wander from the path and we walk away from Him? He doesn't take His Word and beat on us with His Word, but He reaches out with His Spirit and He said, Come on back here. This is where you belong. I'm glad God doesn't get the two mixed up. I'm glad when God could take the Word and beat me down. He uses his staff to draw me back into the place where I need to be. Hallelujah. No wonder the psalmist said, this is what comforts me. Thy rod and thy staff. That staff was used to lift them out of the holes that they fell into. 
Amen. How many times has the Spirit of God lifted us out of the holes we've fallen into? Praise God. The crevices of life. How many times? One, one shepherd that I read after said that he had one particular sheep that just had a knack of getting into trouble. And he said one day, three times, he had to rescue that same sheep from falling in the same crevice. And he used that staff to pull it up out of that place, rescue it, not leave it to die. Aren't you thankful that God has made a way? Aren't you thankful tonight that even when you don't know what to do, He knows what to do? Aren't you glad tonight that God, no matter what's going on in your life, it's not lost to Him and He lifts us out. And one of the most important things that a staff was used for was to draw the sheep close to the shepherds so that they were in touch with Him. Everybody say, He's in touch. He knows where we are tonight. He draws us. None of us want to go through valleys in life, but valleys are the way that leads to higher ground. That's where the best things are. No one escapes those experiences. Nobody's going to go through life without having some dark places. Nobody. It may be death. It may be hurt. It may be disappointment. It may be a number of other things, but you're not going to pass through life without some dark clouds. You're not going to go through life without having some dark days. You're not going to go through life without experiencing some times in your life when you don't know what to do. Jesus is going to always be there. Life was never meant to be all light. It is a journey that is reaching upward and it travels sometimes through the dark. It's good to know that when I'm going through those dark places, He is with me. Amen. He's in the situation with me right now. And I need to stop right now and tell somebody that because that's what God told me to tell you tonight. This afternoon while I was preparing the last details of this message, the Lord said, I want you to tell somebody. I want you to tell them specifically that I am in that situation with you. I am not outside looking in. I'm not leaning over the balcony of heaven. I'm not in the next block. I'm right there in that situation. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. He sent me to tell somebody that he's in that storm with you right now. He is in that mess with you right now. He is in that dilemma with you right now. And you say, well, God, if you are with me, then why won't you deliver me? Well, he will. He will. If you'll keep walking. Amen. If you'll keep walking, he's going to take you through. How I react to the valleys of life tell much about my life. How I go through them determines how I fare. The psalmist defined a going on. He defined a passage to a better life. And here's what I want you to remember as I close tonight. Number one, remember this, that he walks with you, with you in every situation. Everybody say every situation. Every dark trial, every disappointment, every distressing dilemma, he walks with us. Amen. He walks with us. 
He walks with us. He's not ahead of us. He's not behind us. He's not looking in on us. He's with us right there in that darkness, right there in that trouble. Somebody say, he's with me. He's with me right now. Amen. Number two, he will not leave you in your darkness. Praise God. He will not leave you in your darkness. He will not leave you to your own devices. He will stay there through the whole ordeal. Amen. Everybody say, he won't leave me. He won't leave me. Number three, he has the tools to keep you. He's got a rod and a staff. He's got his word and his spirit. Amen. What better guides do you want than the word of God and the spirit of the Lord? He said, I've got the tools to keep you. I'm glad to know God has what it takes to keep me. Amen. I'm glad I'm not in somebody else's hands because some of us think we've got it. Oh, some of us boast about having it, but he really does have it. And last of all, this is the most important thing I could tell anybody. He wants you to remember that he's going to bring you through. Amen. Amen. He's going to bring you through. No matter what's going on, you're going to make it. You're going to make it because he's with you. We walk through, we do not live there. We don't stop there. We certainly are not going to die there. But he is going to bring me through. Amen. Somebody say it. He's going to bring me through. Amen. He's going to bring me through. Whatever it is, Brother J.D., we talked about one of those things today. He's going to bring me through. He's going to bring me through it. He's going to be there every step of the way. He's going to walk with me through the entire journey. And he's going to be there when I break out of that darkness into the light of the mountaintop experience. And I'm going to shout and rejoice over it. And I'm going to look back over that journey and I'm going to say the Lord was with me. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, the enemy would have swallowed me up. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, I would have died in that situation. I would have given up. But because the Lord was with me and I knew He was with me and He never left me, here I am on the mountaintop. Hallelujah. He's going to bring me through. The most encouraging word I can leave you with tonight is God is going to see you through. No matter what you're going through, God is going to see you through. I've never seen God abandon any of His children. I've never seen God bring any of his children to a doorstep and leave them and say, somebody else take care of them. God takes care of his own. And he's going to take care of you and I. I don't care what the economy does. I don't care what our president does. I don't care what Congress does. I don't care what world markets do. I don't care what people do. I don't care what politics. I don't care what Saudi Arabia does. I don't care what the wannabe Osama bin Ladens do. God is going to see me through. Amen. 
He's going to see me through. He said, oh, Brother Hughes, I wish you'd hurry up. Just keep walking. That's the problem with us. See, we want him to airlift us from where we are to that mountaintop. And that's not how it happens. To get to the mountain, you've got to go through the valley. Amen. To get to that high place, that better place, that blessed place. You know, the truth is where you're at is just as blessed as that mountaintop. It is. If the Lord's with you, wherever you are is blessed. And God's with you. Turn to somebody and say, He is with you. Amen. He is with you. His rod and His staff, they comfort me. His word and His spirit. What better traveling companions could you ask for than the word of God that defends you and the presence of God that comforts you? What else do you need? My Lord, what's going to take to make some of you happy? Amen. And he's going to see me through. Praise God. Praise God. If the Lord is your shepherd, I said if the Lord is your shepherd, he's going to see you through. Amen. Let's stand together.